0: Hello, welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast. Before we start, just a massive thank you to whoever you are listening to this. Just a word of warning, we do this show three times a week, but we don't know, always know which days it's going to be on. So the only way to keep your finger on the pulse and listen to this podcast is to subscribe and get notifications. Why not drop us a review while you're there? Right, enough of that, let's talk some rugby. I'm Ben James, and today I'm joined by Andy Howell and Simon Thomas. If anybody said Matthew Southcombe then. It's force a habit. Although we are joined, by him in 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 out in Japan, but it's you two in the studio. So let's uh, focus on you two for now. Um, we've got a sort of busy World Cup prediction, sort of preview podcast ahead of us. We're going to look at all the pool stages, all the players to watch. Um, so yeah, let's let's go on with it. It'd be very it's kind of a bit
1: real, actually, isn't it? It it's, is a little. Just bit. a few days to go now. We've got people burning the midnight oil in <laughs> in the uh, oil in the office. Midnight four, midnight oil or owl to it to who, <laughs> <laughs> and we've got four a.m. starts coming up. It's going to be very exciting. And of course, um, actually started looking at the games this morning because you, you tend to forget there's actual rugby matches coming up, well, and uh,
2: it's, yeah. it's it's all
3: about it, to happen. And if you look at the, the, the you've got the opening match, the only match on Friday, Japan Russia, Welsh interest, Lynn Jones legend. Nigel Owens. In his lifetime. Nigel Owens. Both involved in that uh, game. Providing he Russia. Tencios. Japan. Could be dangerous at the World what a Cup. Day on and then Saturday. Saturday morning. Start off. Game very relevant to us. Australia versus Fiji. Both in Wales's group. Then you've got France, Argentina. Winner of that. has really good chance of going through. You would imagine. Too close to call. And then another match, which again is too close to call. New Zealand. Back to back world champions against South Africa, who are certainly on a rise, unbeaten, I believe, in twenty nineteen. So it's all happening. <laughs> like I don't know. I don't know. Are they? <laughs> they drew in New Zealand and beat they them. In South there we go. Africa. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll take your word for it on the stats. Last team to beat yeah. them were presumably Do- Wales. Hang you? on, Ben. Do not take my word on stats. Simon yeah. Thomas is the master of stats.
1: As I was a sandy. Last team to beat South Africa, Wales.
0: It'd be nice if they're the next team to be South Africa okay, in the final, wouldn't they? Okay, he's verified just that now, so I can, I can take it. <laughs> so onto right, the pools. Onto the pools. Uh, let's start with Pool A because logistically that makes sense. Um, alphabetically, uh,
3: it's an interesting pool, isn't it? Absolutely, because you've got uh, Ireland, Scotland, uh, Japan, Russia. And Samoa, I mean, you know, Samoa have been dangerous at uh, previous World Cups. I would say this is the most open uh, pool of the World Cup with uh, four teams potentially who could qualify in Ireland, uh, Scotland, Japan, and Samoa. Um, I fancy Japan, the hosts. They've won the Pacific Nations Cup, beat a good Fiji team, uh, been playing some great rugby. They've got really good coach coaches in uh uh, Jamie Joseph and Tony Brown, etc. They play. They, they the conditions will obviously suit them. The they the game they play, where they move the ball quickly and uh, change the point of attack, you know th- th- that could work for them. And I really fancy Japan to cause an upset at the uh, in the tournament. I'm expecting them to beat Scotland, and I think they could, if they can get enough ball up front and not be strangled by Ireland, I think they could give the Irish area up as well. I can see Japan qualifying for the quarterfinals. And I wouldn't rule out Samoa beating Scotland either.
1: I think it's an interesting group. And, I'm, and particularly, I'm looking forward to watching Ireland Scotland because it's it's come up like first off in the, in, in the section. And uh, I find that quite a hard game to call. I mean, Ireland have got a few issues at the moment. Yep. Um, barely a got wise. a backline, have they? Well, Robbie Henshaw, it doesn't look like he's going to be fit. There's concerns over him. I see this morning that Rob Carney's got a bit of a niggle as well. So they're going to be under pressure
0: a little Keith bit.
1: Uh, yeah, Keith Earls. Keith So they're going to have to be a bit banded up, bandaged up and get the back line out on the field. Um, Scotland, I think, will go into this with, with the attitude that this is a bit of a shot to nothing almost for them. Because I would imagine a lot of their focus, people talking about them, is how are they going to cope against Japan and Samoa? They can really go for this game against Ireland, who would be expected to win it. And... I think the way that Scotland play will suit those conditions out there. because With Townsend, it's attack, 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 and if in doubt, attack again. And if it, what we do know about Scotland is if it clicks, yep. it really clicks, with Finn Russell calling the show, Hogg coming into the line. Darcy Graham is a really exciting player who I, I think is going, could emerge as one of the stars. So that, for me, is arguably the most interesting game of the opening weekend.
0: They've, they've got a knack against Ireland, have they, Scotland, in recent years? They just seem to sort of produce. they've
3: got good generally. Yeah, yeah. And I think Ireland are, dis- despite you know Wales before playing Ireland in the moment matches, Gatlin said, oh, we want to. Put a dagger into Irish confidence after England damaged it by something the Irish. But the actual thing we, yeah. the only thing we've done is actually we've given Ireland more confidence by losing to them twice. So, uh, but Ireland with injury problems, I don't expect Carney to be playing. I don't expect Enshaw to be playing. Uh, the you know, Earls. The, Earls is ruled out. Uh, Earls is out as well. So, you know, Ireland, they their back division suddenly takes a big knock. Well, uh, they have run about. This is a group where there could be some really interesting results along the way. Yeah, you know, they could be t- teams taking points off each other. Um, and you know, I let's start with a bang. Uh, Ireland, I'm predicting Ireland going to choke again this World Cup. They've never gone past the quarter final stage, and I wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't dismiss the prospect that I'm not e- reaching the, uh, not reaching the last eight this time.
1: The interesting thing is, I don't see Ireland losing to Japan. No, but I could see Ireland losing to Scotland, and Scotland losing to Japan. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those weird ones, and I think it's the, I think it's probably the, yes. the most interesting group of the lot. It's the way the game plan sort of that? match up, isn't it? There are I'm going to come on to other interesting ones. You know, I, like. I,
3: and you've got Samoa in it. They're still capable of producing an yeah, upset. I think the yeah. one
1: thing I would point to is is, is Japan's performance against South Africa. Um, there was obviously an element for the Springboks kind of, in the warm-ups now. I mean, there was an element for the Springboks of a bit of revenge for four years ago. And <laughs> they did do a solid job on Japan who, who, who looked in that game to be a level kind of below tier one. Um, but I think with the, the home crowd, World Cup up and running, it could be a different situation. Yeah. Their outset after Mura is is a key man for the Michael Leach key figure. Um, it, they need an early notable performance to get the, the home support behind them. Um, and it'd be good they, for the tournament they, as well.
3: Yeah, of course they've been playing in front of Packed Houses and the uh, organisers uh, the Rugby World Cup are bent over backwards to give uh, uh, Japan a favourable fixture list with turnarounds. You know, they pick when the they Scotland want, when they want big... to play and uh, um, what, what dates. It's obviously Scotland. I think Scotland have a four-day
0: turnaround before that Japan game and you look at the way that Japan like to play rugby. they're gonna They're going to keep the ball in Play for fifty minutes or more, aren't they? They, they want to sort of oh, super fit. outwork teams, which which is probably why they'll come unstuck against Ireland because they'll get yeah. bullied in Ireland. But have the, Japan the Scotland could be
1: crazy, but Scotland yeah, could be, Scotland could play into that, <laughs> couldn't they? I, I yeah. could have a sees so just watching that. I think that'd be incredible.
3: That could be fifty points to forty game, couldn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. So, um,
1: let's uh let's pick player to watch in this pool. Uh, for me, Darcy Graham. Um, he's dyed his hair blonde for the tournament. <laughs> we've seen that before. I remember Scott Quinell today. Remember that 1999? And I think you'd, but you're you going to notice him for more than just his locks. There was a try he scored in the warm-up game against Georgia at Murrayfield a couple of weeks ago, which just... You don't often watch a, a, a someone and you, you your jaw drops, <laughs> where he took the ball from a standing start and the guy coming across thought he had him. And he absolutely skinned him, just sheer pace. And he's got great feet as well. There's there's a real touch of Shane Williams to him. I like him. I think he's the kind of guy who could really excite people at this World Cup. He, he gets people out of their seats, electrifying player. And it shows, Andy, size
3: isn't and everything. That's right. Sorry, man. Me. <laughs> huh? I mean, you know, I've been giving you the run round before now on the beach. Uh, that, uh, as you know, size is not everything. And your player, is, the group. To my player watching the group is Michael Leach. I think he's been. I think he's been superb for uh, for Japan. Was it the last World Cup. Great leader and uh, he, he, and not only is he great leader, he's top player as well. I mean, he, what I like about him as well, he's such an intelligent uh, player. And if he, if he's going well in the tournament, you see a lot of him. That means Japan are going to be uh, going well. So what are we saying prediction wise then?
1: My oh my. Um, well, I think. I'm a, quite boring and I go with stats and I go with track record and form, I'd say, Scotland
3: and Ireland with Ireland winning the group. But you never know. I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go with Ireland and Japan.
0: Ooh. I'm going to go Ireland-Japan too. I think that four-day turnaround might just oh, might just do Scotland. No, um,
3: well, I hope, I hope as well there's Japan gefu I think it's great for the tournament. it would be. You know they're going to be so fired up for this tournament. They've been playing in front of packed houses already. It's great, great for the tournament when the hosts get through the pool stage. Is what you're saying there? Yeah, apart from 2015. And
0: then you, you you had a grudge against Brett Gosper for saying something similar four years ago, didn't you?
3: Yeah, because they, yeah, <laughs> Where's we in that group? In England. Huh? There we go. Um, well,
0: shout to pool B then? What we got there? Pool B, we got New Zealand, South Africa, and. They had, Probably stop there, don't you? Uh, Italy, Namibia and Canada. Well, um, Namibia.
1: Namibia, clear favourites for that group. Who's Our culture? old friend, Philip Davis. Ex-Wales, lately number eight, second row. He's got some backroom Wales. staff as well. Uh, sorry?
0: Backroom staff as well. He's yeah, got some
1: good Wales backroom staff. Uh, Cardiff Blues. Scarlett, we all know him well, and don't we? Yes, we do. He's got Wayne Proctor there. He's got Mark Jones there. He's got the Chief there. Chief, it's a it's a real familiar. What a task they've got in their hands, haven't they? So um, that's a fascinating pool in yeah. terms of the first game. Well,
3: it's um, all on the first yeah, game because first first in in New it. Zealand. Yeah. Where's that
1: being played, Ben? What, what's, what's the venue
3: for that one? Got? Um, I don't know. Ben, I think, I think Andy, Andy's so got the, the the fixtures Yoko, in front of him. Yokohama. Yokohama, right? Yeah, uh, it's a two horse race. This pool. It's all it depends. Who's going to win a pool? Who wins his first match? Uh, ironically, you'd be better off finishing runner-up in this pool because it gives you an easier, potentially an easier path to the final.
0: Explain yourself.
3: Well, because the winner, uh, the loser, sorry, is likely to play the um, uh, island or Scotland or Japan um, in the quarterfinal, and then his potential uh, semi-final against Wales, Australia, or uh, or Fiji. So I would say that'd be an easier route. I'm expecting England to win a group, so that'd be an easier pa- uh, passage than facing England in a semi-final. So, uh, y- y- you know, I'm t- in South Africa to, to not only win this group, but to win the tournament. But I think this could, it would aid New Zealand to finish running up in the group. I'm
1: very interested to see what side mm. New Zealand pick, in particular in the back row, because Ardy Surveyor has come through really as their forward of the year. He's been absolutely outstanding and um you've got then a situation where Kieran Reid is well, he just coming back. You know, We know his class, but he, he's been up for a long while. What do they do in terms of... He played
3: well in rugby championship, man. He came back just at the end, mm. a little bit of form coming together. You've mm. got Sam Kay in there as well. Um, well, the talk is he can play Sevilla six even though a few months ago they said he won big enough for six, but he's been such a uh, revelation at six. You have to play him. play him. He has to start, yep. you know.
1: Um, and, of course, they're without Brodie Retallick, um, who won't be available to the last group game or the knockout stage. Um, so, it's. I find it a very hard game to call. Well, I mean, the very fact uh, that the last match between them was a draw, uh, he, it yeah. says it all, yeah, exactly. doesn't it?
3: Yeah, I think the absence of Retallick could actually swing this game because I think you need someone like him against South Africa. You know, they got beasts at lock. And, um, uh, you know, they've got such a big and physical pack and team and they've got a lot of strength and depth and they're dangerous with the ball as well.
1: Do you expect them to start Sonny Bill-Williams or will they go Goodhue and Crotty in the centre?
3: Oh, that's an interesting one, isn't it? Because they've had midfield problems uh, this year and they haven't got it right. They um, Personally, myself, I would still go with Sonny bill He's in playoff, but uh, they like Good Goodhue's. But use. of course, he had a. Millet. had Millett. He yeah, he's a throwback. He had that injury in the rugby championship. He went off early, didn't he? I think against Australia, was it? I think so, yeah. In uh, one game, but they, I know they like him, so there's a possibility he could play. Mm. Uh, Crotty, is he? I like Crotty. He's, he's been glue. good over the years, but is he coming towards oh, the end? Oh, no,
1: he's a good player, and he's the glue the in the that glue. midfield. Doesn't make many mistakes. No. South Africa midfield's quite tight handy as well, well man. Oh, it's, it's a
0: mouth-watering game. Mm. Indeed,
3: yeah. um, and it could end up that both these teams actually uh, end and meet again so in, well, the exactly, in the tournament, final yeah. Which is Ben's going to point something out now. That's
0: two of the two of the last three World Cups have ended with that, with uh, teams meeting in the pool stages in the final.
1: It could well happen again. Yeah,
0: um, let's let's look at the rest of the pool just just for the sake of it. Who's, who's, who's Namibia, Italy, uh, Canada? Who's going to who's going to win? The, the who's wel- going to win the rest of the pool? <laughs>
1: well, Italy. <laughs> Yeah, it, it will win, the, it will uh, yeah. win that. Yeah. yeah, future home. We're told possibly of Robert Howley. pun what do you make of that? <laughs> well, I mean, he's uh, at a stage in his career where his next step, to me, would logically be an international head coach. Yeah, he's been an assistant to Wales for eleven years, hey. had a couple of interim posts there. That, to me, is
3: the logical thing. It's a so. Surely, he should become head coach of Wales. Well, that's taken i know it's taken and he pulled out the race which suggested to me that he had advanced one, and he wasn't going to get the job
1: well if you read what he says about it i think a lot of that is that was uh, don't the, forget the, he the pr- has been
3: temporary Ed, was the pressure was
1: it, and, and and flack he got from a lot of people out there his family felt it as well and he just felt he couldn't put himself and his family through going through that process that yeah. was that was his don't take. forget
3: in italy they've got more of a policy they have higher and fire. So, you might not last your term there if you're not doing it.
1: So, I mean, what I'm saying anyway, I mean, this could be a final tournament for Conor O'Shea, who I think has done a good job for Italian rugby generally. And we hear now he possibly. Could be going to work uh, in the English development setup, um, which is interesting. Well, I think, I think he's
3: a top rugby bloke, uh, oh, Conor Shea. I thought it was Sale. Uh, really knows oh. his stuff. And if I was the Italians, I'd be uh, actually trying to keep him there as director of, uh, of upstairs, rugby yeah. uh, because he's really good systems man, puts the right systems in place in elite performance. I think he's done a really good job over there with a limited pool of players. Uh, How he could actually benefit, though, because Italy have actually got some really good young players coming through. the results have improved at uh, under 20 level and they're good at under 18th. So uh, he could benefit from the work O'Shea has done. The other interest in this pool, of course, is another Welshman involved. that would all make Kingsley Jones out. with Canada. Uh, so Kingsley against Phil Davis for yeah. to avoid the wooden, the wooden spoon, spoon. And, and it's the final match of the pool.
1: Um, yeah, well, that would, was Wembley will be, be targeting that. I mean, I've spoken to Phil and Mark Jones and the chief over the recent weeks and. Um, it's just a great experience for them for them and particularly yeah. for the players, you know, to be on the world stage is Phil's second tournament with them. I know Mark Jones is really looking forward to it, you know, cutting his teeth again in the international stage one experience for those players going up against um, New Zealand and South Africa you do worry a little bit you know um, I mean I noticed New Zealand when they played recently they took a man off for the last 15 minutes to practice yep. maybe they could be kind and do that from the yeah. start oh, against Namibia hey, you
3: must say what a move that was by Steve Hansen. what thinking to do that to prepare for the World Cup because obviously they, with these new tackle rules and all they expect expecting yellow cards yeah, they so lost, you want to learn how to deal it you they, know I thought that was really
0: you know really perceptive. they lost 7-0 in that period as well so uh, yeah, yeah
3: what's good for uh, uh, Namibia and Canada is uh, both uh, both of them their opening fixture. Both of them is against Italy, so yeah. they're not throwing them. The organizers, organized them throwing them in against the big boys. They're giving them a chance against Italy. Did- so Namibia first up, they can have a good go at Italy, and then Kingsies Canada can.
0: It's quite interesting. You look at where Canada have gone in the last four years because remember they played Italy in twenty fifteen and it was it was it was one of the games of the pool stages that went under the radar. But Italy were given a real scare, and Canada should have won that. And now, now you look at it four years later, and
3: Canadian rugby, you just, gone, you just, you
0: just yeah. cannot see Canada doing it. Decline, isn't it? Yeah,
1: unfortunately. So our picks, then our um, player, players to watch. player to
3: watch. What do you reckon, Andy? In that group, player to watch in that group. I like the. Uh, I think that servo Rieser has been good for the All Blacks on a wing. Yeah,
1: uh, I would yeah. go Peter Steff Dutour. I think he's been absolutely superb this year has developed steadily over the last yep. five years mm-hmm. as an international player moving from lock to the blindside flank and he's just the heartbeat, beating heart of that South African side and uh, I think he's going to have a tremendous tournament there we go uh, and South Africa to win the group for me by winning the opening game. In the group. same and-
3: yeah I agree oh my word oh, yeah. the
0: pigeons,
1: there we go. There?
3: what do you think Ben
0: Uh, I think I'll go New Zealand.
3: Oh well then. Well be interesting. Well will be interesting is if that match ends up in a nil nil draw because neither team wanna win it. <laughs> don't worry you shaking your head and just 0-0 nil. You know, it was, like it like it. If it, if but, it you know, we've seen it in football world cups in the past and the teams have played out a nil-nil draw or a one one draw, so they both qualify for the next thing.
0: I understand yeah. if there's a if it's a typhoon there's a nil nil draw, but I don't think I don't think there'll be a nil nil <laughs> draw if they get on the pitch. <laughs> So we'll take a break um, from our World Cup preview. We'll have, we'll have a, a little word with Matthew Southcomb out in Japan. OK, I'm joined now by our rugby writer in Japan, Matthew Southcombe How are you doing, Matt? How
2: are you doing, Ben? Is it good morning over there or good afternoon? What's the crack?
0: Oh, it's a, it's, a, it's a good morning. Very good morning.
2: Ah, OK. Nice early start for you boys over there then.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> I guess the work never never stops for you, does it, over in Japan?
2: Well, always on the clock, mate, you know how it is. So
0: what have you been up to today then?
2: Uh, so we've been out at school today, we've been out at a um, local elementary school. The uh, the players have been given the day off, but uh, Alan Wynne-Jones, Corey Hill and Ken Owens were joined by... Uh, Robin McBride to go out to to see some local school children um, there's a bit of singing um, as it seems to be around here obviously I'm sure you guys have seen all the videos back home um, and uh, the players gave some sort of small demonstrations and answered questions and um, you know it's incredibly grateful for the, to the players for, for taking the time and effort uh, you know one of the most polite countries anyway that I've certainly ever visited and um, yeah they just seem so so happy and, and grateful to have the squad uh, down here and um and, and it works both ways as well because the the squad themselves are doing their best to sort of immerse themselves in the culture and and make sure they get out and about and see people
0: yeah, you mentioned uh, a lot of singing and we, we we definitely have seen well loads of singing haven't we um just what's it been like in Shoe for the sort of these these last few days because it just it just looks like a sea of red.
2: Yeah, so I I got here on um, Friday, which was the day before the squad arrived, and um, I'm sure you're aware now as well that WIU have been running this legacy programme in the city, and it's been going on for about 18 months. Um, Rhys Williams, Ryan Jones and their team have been coming out, I think they've been out here five or six times, uh, to run coaching courses, refereeing courses, um, mass participation events, to just sort of garner support for the squad in the area, and sort of, Increase um, the participation figures really. And um, Kitakushu itself hoped to be a, a host city for the World Cup, but missed out on that. And the WRU um, pulled off a bit of a masterstroke really by sort of targeting it um, uh, about two years ago and, and starting to get into the city and build relationships. And um, yeah, I got here on Friday and, and the guys were down there doing another coaching course um, with around 50 coaches out here. Um, and then it's it sort of you could see the posters around town and you thought and we saw we'd already seen the pictures and you kind of wonder whether or not you're just given what they want you to see but um no when we got here it was very evident that there was a lot of support um, there was a lot of people walking around in shirts and then um, I'm sure we'll touch on it. The open training session yesterday was just like nothing I've ever seen before. I think that's going to sort of live long with, with everyone who's, who's come out here from Wales, journalists and staff and, and, and players alike. You know, it was um, it was pretty special.
0: That's just, that was my next sort of port of call was, was the open training session. Um, I suppose we'll, we'll tackle it from the sort of the spectacle side of it first, you know, 15,000 locals in there, which, what was that like?
3: Hmm.
2: Yeah, it, it was it was pretty remarkable. I mean, first of all, it was a baking hot day, and and Muggins here was on the side of the stadium where there was no shade, so I um I caught the sun. But it was it was around thirty degrees and and humid as well. And um, but even still, the the fans turned out in their droves. Me and me and one of uh, one of the other journalists out here got there um, about an hour and a half before it was due to start, and the queue was already around the block. And I think one of the queues into the stadium ended up being over a kilometer long. So. We um, had to delay the start by forty-five minutes so that everybody could get in. Um, and you know, we we were told that they hoped to fill the stadium, but it was around fifteen thousand capacity. And you just thought, well, that's pretty ambitious, you know, in a, in a country that's not, you know, overly mad about rugby. And and um, to to see it fill up yesterday, and and for the for the choir to sing the national anthem and Kalon Online and things like that, you know, it was absolutely remarkable. And you know the the fans out here got an insight that that not many people get. You know, it was a full training session. Wales weren't, f- from what I could tell, weren't particularly secretive about things. It was not, it was not just run out and do some passing and then go back in the sheds. It was a it was a flat out training session that lasted for about fifty five minutes to an hour, which is their usual usual sort of length. And um, yeah, it was it was pretty special.
3: Yeah so
0: yeah you touched upon it a little bit there the the play inside of things that training session um what 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 did we learn
2: yeah it was a difficult one i mean at the end of the day they they were aware that there was a lot of people there including our our cameras the broadcast cameras and and all the written journalists so they were never going to give away uh, any sort of state secrets in uh, in that session but um, I, I guess some of the things we picked up on Corey Hill seems to be pro- progressing quite nicely he was on the side of the pitch doing um, some work on the bike uh, while the team were going through their session and then moved on to do some skills work with um, Hugh Bennett um, so it looks like he's coming along um, Rhys Patchell was heavily involved in the session I guess he was there were probably still a few things that he didn't do as he comes back from the concussion he suffered in Dublin. Um, But he was on tackle bags and and he was involved in, in most of, if not all of what they did. So that that's promising. Uh, It looks like he's going to be in a good place to, to be fit for the Georgia game. Um, and I guess one of the other things you, you took away from it as well was that just how much the the humidity and the temperature is actually going to play a part out here. I mean, you know, players were were handling it quite well in terms of their passing and catching. It was a bit a bit iffy at times, but they they as you, as I'm sure you're also aware they've been um, putting baby oil on on the rugby balls and and squirting them with water and things like that to make it particularly tricky um, to replicate the humid uh, sort of conditions. So um but their shirts were sticking to them they were absolutely drenched in sweat by the end of it all so it's um it's certainly going to become a bit of a factor out here
0: what's what's the plan for the next few days in terms of uh wales
2: yeah, so sorry, I'm just trying to figure out what day we're on. So we're on Tuesday now. So I think the team travelling up to Tote City on Thursday or Friday, um, and when they get there, then we'll have the team announcement on Saturday for the for the first game. Then on the following Monday um, against Georgia. Uh, but in the short term, we've got a, we've got more press conferences tomorrow um, and some access to training as well. So obviously we'll be sending all our stuff back um, to keep everybody in the loop back home.
0: Brilliant. Sounds like you're still struggling with the jet lag a little bit there, figuring out what day was.
2: No, it? N- no, absolutely. Well, to be honest, uh, if I do say so myself, I seem to have cracked it pretty early on. Uh, com- compared to some of my uh, my friends out here, um, who seem to be struggling with it a bit. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, you do cross eight time zones, so it does. Uh, uh, the most confusing thing is trying to figure out what day you lot are on back home and what time it is and who's where, and that's a little bit of a tricky one. But. Um, yeah, I think we just flew from press conference to press conference. To be honest with you, and intend to forget about the days.
0: Are you, are you finding the food?
2: Not too bad. Uh, I know you boys in the office might be surprised to hear that I'm actually um, I'm actually getting on all right out here. And um, we've been out to a few places. We haven't. Um, me and one of the guys ended up in a particularly um, authentic uh, place on the first night, and that was interesting. Yeah, a bit of octopus in there for you um which i know might surprise a few of you boys back in the office but um yeah no it's uh, we haven't um gone in with both feet just yet but uh we're, we're easing ourselves into the the cuisine gently and hopefully by the time i come back i'll be uh, uh fully uh, immersed in the japanese cuisine and, and culture
0: i think we'll take that as something of a victory back here in the office
2: <laughs> ah, yeah small steps baby steps first
0: brilliant well thanks for that matt um enjoy uh enjoy the rest of your time in japan and uh, we'll, we'll probably catch up again very shortly
2: absolutely no problem man. Uh, hi i'm alwyn jones you're listening to a welsh rugby podcast
0: so that's what matthew Southcombe had to say um sounds like he's uh adjusting to life in japan pretty well um uh, Eating well, bit of squid, bit, bit of octopus. A, bit, yeah, bit of octopus. I, I think we're all a little bit surprised d- at these. He's
3: Vies don't speak too soon because you know what he's like with his uh, delicate stomach, etc. And all so if anyone's going to go down with food poisoning, it'd be Matthew Southcombe. So if I was Matthew, <laughs> I'd advise him to be very. Matthew, I'd advise you to be very careful with your nutrition and your eating habits.
0: I'm sure. I'm sure he'll appreciate that when he listens to the podcast. Now, um, let's get let's get quickly, swiftly back onto the. Uh, World we'll Cup preview. Let's go to Pool C. Um, another another interesting one. Well, they're all interesting, quite clearly. But England, France, Argentina, USA and Tonga. That's probably probably the group of death, isn't it? Is it? Well, along with
1: Wales' group. I I not think, think this well, I think what I you've think got here is the, is, is the group where you've got three teams, you know, of real top quality yeah. uh, going against each other See, with, with England, yeah. France and Argentina. Argentina are a honed team now. I mean, take the the bulk of their players from the Jaguars and obviously got a few players coming in from abroad as well, overseas-based, um, very competitive in the Rugby Championship. England and France, we know a lot about them from the Six Nations. Uh, quite a hard group to call. Um, I think, personally, I think England are coming into this tournament in a good shape. They've got a squad, which has got real options there. The way they played for me against Ireland at Twickenham, the warm-up game, when they had pretty much their first team playing, they looked a really mighty yeah. option. I think we've said it before, and they are a different team when bully Vunapola is fit and firing. Absolutely. It just gets them going forward over the game line, name of our uh, very fine Facebook uh,
0: event. Listen in. Yeah, yeah
1: listen in. Uh, gets them going forward. So much easier for the likes of Farrell and Ford if they're together or Farrell and Tua once you've got that platform. The likes of May out wide. Um, and I think what they've also done is having gone a long period without having a natural seven, they've now got two who could potentially play together in Curry and Underhill who I think are interesting because Curry might well play six and Underhill seven, but they'd actually play... Slightly Left different and right, roles. Really. Yeah. yeah, because Underhill yeah. is much more of a physical carrier, tackler, which carries, is a grit scavenger of the ball as well, and a dynamic player as well. I think they look good, and um, I think they'd be the team to beat in this group.
3: Yeah, yeah. first match of the group is France Argentina. Huge game for both countries. I mean, Argentina's problem is they haven't had a, a scrum. Ironic, really, because Argentina rugby was known, Argentine rugby was known for the best scrummages in the world. At, uh, but for years, they've, 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 perhaps they've taken the eye off the scrummaging ball to play more attractive rugby. But their scrum platform in this year in the Rugby Championship and in the last couple of years, but particularly this year, has been absolutely shocking. And if they cannot... Sort that scrum out. They they not got hope in this uh, World Cup, I'm afraid. But if they can sort it out, they are a really dangerous side who could go fairway in the tournament. Sounds like Wales. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> While the French, I saw, it, I've seen a bit of them. Their warm up stuff. They do look a young team to me, uh, and I, I think they, I think they might be a bit too inexperienced. Uh, and a bit too young to go too far you know they might qualify for the knockout stage but i think this is World cup too soon for them of course they host the next world cup and perhaps they'd probably be ready for the for that but france have got a great tournament record yep. i mean they were robbed in the 2011 uh, final against New zealand in auckland by a referee decision uh and of course they've been awful in the tournament for uh, uh for, for, for for most of that uh but they have got good records, so you never know but it depends on this game whoever wins this first game france and Argentina might get some momentum um, and uh, perhaps will trouble uh, England. But I, I, I would put, I've hardened my view on England. I do see them as definite group favourites. France, a bit, a bit of
1: an injury blow, by all accounts, um, reading this morning, Wesley Fofana, who's been plagued by injuries during his career, such a fine player, but often sidelined. It looks like he's going to miss that opening game. Um so you're you're going to end up with Fico in the centre probably Vakawara maybe alongside if they Mm, play him in that position and then they've got I think the talk is that Antemac plays at 10 you know (laughs) so you're really putting your eggs in an inexperienced basket there alongside Antoine Dupont and you know another really young hugely talented player Um, so I think yeah good luck to them if they're going to put their trust and their faith in youth um, possibly almost like producing a side for four years time but Mm. um, France have got a very good pack of forwards I like Picamose. i like to see him back in the scene. Um, Definitely. And I think from Jefferson Poirot, a prop. Demba Bamba, if he comes on, I like the look of him. He can cause carnage when he comes off the bench. They've got a lot of talent, a lot of ball carrying, a lot of strength, a lot of pace. And I think uh, they've got one of the best finishers around in the game, one of the, the, the quickest feet in the game, and Damien Penno. makes me very, feel very old. I remember watching his father, Alan, play fly half and centre. He was, a, yeah, he was, a, good he was a good player. And now it's uh, young Damien. So lot of talent there. Can it click for a young side?
3: But to find out, really. I, I, I think that group will be decided up front, at forward, when I see England having the best pack. Yeah, I'd agree yep. with that. Players to watch. Pablo Matera, Argentine captain, I believe, one of the best back rowers in the world.
1: In terms of influence, potentially, on the group and the tournament, I'll go for Manu Tuolagi. Yeah. Talking about players being injured, he's been Well, he's gone years missing from the international scene. But when he's fit and when he's carrying that ball and making dents, there aren't many more abrasive carriers or more effective carriers who also then have the gas to go away once they break the line. He could have a massive tournament. On the back of Vunapola taking the forward for Michel Serge, Tuolagi taking the ball at pace in a little bit of space he could cause carnage
0: Feels like Eddie Jones is finally sort of getting to play that um, midfield that he's always wanted to play in it with Ford, Farrell and Tuolaghi Will he do
1: that or will he go Farrell 10 with um, what's he going to do about Henry Slade I think it's a very fine player. Yeah. you could go Farrell,
3: Slade, Alagi. what would you do Ann? I think he's drifting back towards Ford I think he's drifting back towards Ford Farrell and far than, uh, I think He really and likes
0: access. Ford's kicking game, doesn't he? I think Slade's a fine think
3: Ford is good bringing the people on the ball if you're going forward yeah. as well and putting people into, into, into gaps with his passing game. You know, the timing. He's got,
1: well, he's got two options, does not he? Basically, yeah. yep. In terms of the balance, really.
3: Yeah, you know, it, at Twickenham against Wales, I thought Ford was excellent, though Wales did give him some time and space on the ball. And uh, it was, he was, you know, they did a lot of damage, didn't they? Yep. Off Ford, and that was a lot of it was due, obviously, the runners coming onto it and the timing of his passing.
1: Mm-hmm. I think it's been great. I mean, I think Matera, and he's quite spot on to come up with him as a name because he is such a powerful, abrasive flanker. Just someone who um, has developed, doesn't make many mistakes, carries the ball so powerfully, such a big tackler. and He's become he's become their outstanding forward. Um, and I would say Boffelli Boffelli's has become their outstanding yep. back. Yep. I'm very sad to see Cordero not at the World Cup because I think he's a wonderful player. Seems to me that a couple of Argentine players who are based outside the country have lost out. They're presenting it as, oh, if it's a 50-50, we pick the home base player. Well, I think it's you've got to be a good player if you're 50-50 with Cordero, and I think that's a shame he's not playing. I think it might cost him a little bit. Um, but I think if we're going for predictions. Oh, my. Ooh, it's um, tough, isn't it? England to win the group, France to come second, having beaten Argentina in the opening game.
3: Going to throw in a little stat before that, though. Pablo <laughs> Matera. Matara. His grandfather, or one of his grandfather, or one of his grandparents, his grandfather was German oh, ambassador okay. to Argentina, and that's how the family ended up settling there. Yeah, that's, that's one for you. So I'm going to say I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to England win the group, and uh, I'm going to go for Argentina to beat France first match Ooh and qualify. Mm.
0: Uh, well, England to win the group. Um, I'll go France safe in the knowledge that the match is on Saturday so I haven't got long to wait to see if I'm wrong (laughs) (laughs)
3: hey are we being a bit dismissive the USA are they capable of providing an upset against Argentina or France
0: I don't see them getting a big scalp like that um, no obviously they beat Scotland last year but um, I don't think I think in a World Cup
3: it's they haven't been too bad in that Pacific Nations Cup they played well in that and the final team in that group is Tonga Tonga
1: Tonga. Uh, Tonga haven't been sort of ripping things up as much as in the past um, but they do have one of my fi- favourite players on the wing in Viano plays for Leicester L- well, uh, the king of the step Tigers fans love oh, him yeah. great to watch how much
3: ball would he have is the issue yeah. I think some Tongan players will start the World Cup, but unfortunately they'll be playing for other nations
0: well, same with Fijians Andy
1: yeah. it
3: is
0: it might
1: be it's all, all wrong us onto pool D yep.
0: <laughs> lovely segue there um, yeah Pool D um Fijians everywhere. Yeah. Australia, Wales, Fiji, Georgia, and Uruguay. Is
3: there any Fijians in the Georgian or Uruguay? There's sides? a couple
1: in the Australian side. Yeah. Um, that's a great well, it's a great group. Yeah. our group. It is. And we start off against Georgia. Yeah. Um, but before that on Saturday, I think it's at five forty-five in the morning. In the so four. you know, set your alarm because it's gonna be a cracker. Yeah. Australia against Fiji. Yes, as I mentioned, that Australian side has got a, a couple of players with a um, Fijian background. Um, if you look at Karabati, I think, on the wing, the back row, the new back row, at Nisiria, has come in both Fijian-born, I believe. Uh, so the, the,
3: the, f- the work you've done on pronunciations is paying. Thank enough.
1: you very much, Andrew. Um, I think there'll be a bit of an edge to that. F- Fijians up against a couple of Fijians in the Australian side. Massive game. Fiji, by all accounts, have been at a really good preparation period. Yep. Beat the New Zealand Maori in the warmer, which is no mean feat. Um, I've got one of the, uh, the best players in the world, in my view, um, in Nadrada in the centre. Yep, And also um, the Octopus <laughs> in the pack. Oh, Matt Southgate. Yeah, you
0: want to be careful, Matt Southgate.
1: <laughs> I hope he doesn't uh, go across Matt Southgate. might want to munch on him. The <laughs> Octopus, Liana Nakawara, well known to us. Who stays with Glasgow and are yeah. playing in France. Probably the most gifted uh, forward in world drug being, you know, we'll talk about Justin Tiprick, he's right up there. But Nakawara, the basketball skills, one handed offloads, just a lovely player to watch. If he's, I'll put it this way, if, if the likes of Nakawara are able to roam free, whoever they play against, Fiji are going to be deadly dangerous.
3: And then game seven's gold medalist as well, Nakawara. So, uh, based on what I've just heard there then, have, uh, have Wales got any chance of uh, qualifying?
1: Absolutely, because Wales um, uh, have, over the last 18 months, when they're on their game, become an extremely hard side to beat. Yep. Uh, a game plan based on the rear guard put in place by Sean Edwards, who's done such a fantastic job for Wales over more than a decade. Um, and if you look at what they did in the Grand Slam, they showed themselves to be effective in terms of get gathering points when they did their opportunities. There's obviously been issues uh, during the warm-up games. Quite a few things didn't click. The scrum was an issue. Um, The attack was blunt at times. And we conceded a few tries, particularly in the last game against Ireland. Didn't seem able to hold that uh, ball, carry, and and pick-and-go that Irish offered. But I think I've always... I've said this a few times now. For this game plan that Wales have to work, they have to be right at the top of the game physically and in terms of intensity. The one time you saw that in the warm-ups against England in Cardiff they were very very good and they won that game and it was very much the Grand Slam template being reproduced that's what they'll need in the World Cup it's hard to do it every single game certainly hard to do it every game in a warm-up period if they stay fit and get on that physical edge they can win that group whether they will I'm not sure
3: well, what do you, you make of that? they won't win a group Australia will win a group Australia could be unbeaten in the group. Um, I just see Australia's having too many uh, game breakers and they really beefed their pack up as well. They've got more ball carriers than Wales, so inspecting them. In fact, I am concerned about Welsh prospects because the Welsh attack is not firing. I think Wales are going to have to score points 25, 26 points to beat Fiji. Oh, Wales, apart from kicking penalties, are they capable at the moment of scoring how many points in a match? And do you know what? I almost see this Australia-Fiji game as an irrelevance. Because I'm taking it that Fiji are going to beat Uruguay and they're going to beat Georgia. I expect Wales to beat both those teams as well. So what I see is Fiji's final match of the pool is against Wales. Wales got Uruguay afterwards. I see that as a mini World Cup final. Uh, The result of that game could decide which of those two teams qualifies for the quarterfinals along with Australia. That's interesting. Uh, And you know, Wales, Wales, I don't care, we've had these debates in the office. Yeah, we have. Wales have lost three of their four warm up games. That will sap a bit of confidence. If Wales, I'm expecting Wales to beat Georgia, they, but they've got to get a bonus point in that game. They've got to score four tries to get a bonus point. And that could be one of those games which, like we saw against Canada, the opening game, Wales' opening game of the 20, uh, 2007 World Cup, could be difficult 50 minutes, 55 minutes. Wales' got to get a bonus point. <coughs> but then our next game is against Australia. If we were to lose by 12 to 15 points against Australia, that would damage, I would say, suggest that would damage our confidence even more, which would leave us vulnerable against Fiji.
1: My interest in this is exactly what we do in terms of selection in Georgia. Andy picked is likely starting 15 um, yesterday. You know, based on what we've been talking about over a number of uh, months, which is that you go into Georgia with your absolute first team. Yep. Do they do that? Or do they look to try a couple of things out again? We hear from New Zealand that, you know, Aaron Wainwright might well start in this. game. We hear from Japan rather Aaron Wainwright might well start Um If that happens, who would miss out in that scenario? Because we've talked a lot about, you know, who's going to be in the the starting back row mix and on form during the summer. Well, he's banging at that back row door. He's demanding selection. So do they go full out? Or or do they maybe, you know, do they go with someone like Thomas Williams to start? I mean, I I find it fascinating. You know, maybe what we've been thinking is going to be a very straightforward selection.
3: Well, we have to wait and see, Mm -hmm. don't we? Gatlin had been saying we're going to go fully loaded. Hmm. What is fully loaded yeah. now? Well, thing. Thing. What is fully loaded now? Need, well, What's our well, well, best is, is well, team? Is Wayne Wainwright, Wright fully you know loaded I haven't got him in my team, is he their first-choice back row at the moment? Well, not he four, he's the best out.
1: back row, isn't he? This summer. Actually, he's arguably Wills' his best performer in the, gr- the warm-up programme.
0: Yep.
3: Mm, I mean One of their best performers of the, the, whole so what do you of the do year. So if you were Warren Gartland, what would you do? I'd stick with the Six Nations back row. The D. Moriarty. I think, I think Moriarty has been disappointing somewhere. I do think he's a big game player, so I'd stick with him at number eight. Because and what would you size. do with
1: loose prop, Andrew? And I know.
3: loose prop? Yeah. Oh, so you keep playing Georgia, but the Georgia scrum hasn't been as good because they've had a lot of injuries recently, so I would stick with Nicky Smith at uh, loose head. You only got one starting tight end in the squad. It's Thomas Francis. And that's what, what you know that's what concerns me against Fiji we I don't think we're going to be able to scrimmage fiji enough to dominate the game and it, Fiji could have plenty of ball against us and what you said earlier they're so dangerous they run us against Georgia we got all, the only chance Georgia got against us is strangling us up front so we got a, a pack of fours on a field that can do a job
1: hmm. I'm interested to see what Australia do in the opening game, we yep. know David Pocock, one of my favourite players over the last ten years, has has come back. Um, I think he's had fifty eight minutes of rugby in six months, which isn't <laughs> ideal, you know. But then I was looking at some of the pictures of him in training, where he, he was one... He, let's put it this way: he, he hasn't been uh, at the buffet bar very heavily, and no. he's uh, he, he kept himself in good condition. He looked absolutely fantastic, Nick. And um, is he going to? St- would he start? Well, or? I mean, Or oh, would he be on a bench? It's interesting, isn't it? Because can you? I mean, there's been a lot of talk over the years of accommodating him and Michael Hooper together in the back row. So Rainey's coming in at number eight now. I mean, I used to like it when they had a back row of, uh, I think their best back row in the the last 10 years was when they had Hooper, uh, Pocock and Scott Vardy because Vardy did all the graft and all the work allowing the other twos to do what they were so good at, which is Hooper is a fantastic sort of, you know, rubber ball carrier and Pocock. Well, I mean, McCall was a wonderful player. Arguably the best player the world's ever seen. But in terms of sheer immovability over the ball, I've never seen anyone like Pocock. Once he gets his Lash. limpid hands yep. on that on that bit of leather, you're not going to get it off him. So, um, yeah, I, I'm just going to see what they go for there. Their pack of forwards has come on nicely. Rodder, Isaac Rodder, he's a player I got a lot of time for him. He's turned himself from a beanpole into a real physical specimen. Good leader as well. Place of the Reds, does well as a leader for them. Um I'm intrigued to see what they do at half-back. I mean, is it are we looking at Laofano at 10? No, I'm not sure what not they'll sure. do
3: Will they go back to Foley? Or will they chance it with one of my favourite players? James Matt O'Connor? Tamura? No, Matt Tamua More think. of a 12, isn't he, Ann? Well, He, he was, not I was at half as well. He can play either position. I think he's a fantastic player. But, but, but,
1: but I mean, I think what we're looking at realistically... Um, as the, the massive threat from them is the yeah. sheer power they've got in their outside yeah. back. They, uh,
3: they've got Nick, two good scum masterminds, and Nick White. Yeah, play, quality very, Nick players. White's a good player, plays White's very well when mm. they
1: beat the All Blacks. Yeah. But I mean, if you look at the power they've got behind it, um, Karevi has been arguably the best centre. Um, in World Rugby this year along with Ricciardo he's been brilliant and then you've got Karabati on the wing he's, he's a monster and isn't he if he gets oh, the he ball yeah. um, who? What, what else do they go from that Kuradrani in the centre is he likely no, prob- no what no, you reckon well, they're
3: going James, to- no, it could be James O'Connor uh, could be a centre partnership with him could be where where's he fitting they like research don't they on the wing Beale at uh, full back he labours a bit Beal's likely to be fullback. back yeah. there's a lot of yeah. talent there isn't there there is a lot of talent they're dangerous side when they aren't you know Reece, is it Rhys on the other wing yeah Rhys though he, he I'm not a they huge s- fan of Rhys I'll be honest he <laughs> leaves us a bit
0: have they got the system yeah. in place in the back line though to really cause problems because they've looked at moving a, like away to different sort of game plans yeah. this year they've looked obviously you, you've, you've recalled that they've reverting to Warren Bull yeah. Well out in Australia they're suggesting that they're sort of looking to play a lot more on the game line, a lot of tip-on passes, a lot mm-hmm. of you know playing very close to the game line.
1: Yeah. If we don't contain Caravia, we've got problems. Yeah. Do they do they? He's a oh, honestly such a fine player. But then we have got two excellent um I midfield think defenders, yep. in, in Parks and Jonathan Davis as in terms of handling a physical threat so that that midfield those midfield collisions are going to Mid- be what well Australia almost.
3: do well or traditionally they're going to use Carreri to bang a ball but what they also do is they runners off the ball runners and, uh, and those passes put people into gaps uh, perhaps Australia would need Foley at number 10 a fire in Foley at 10 to get the best out of their back division uh, Leo is a decent player, but I don't think he's as good as Foley when Foley's on song um, but yeah, they will. They were trouble. I, you know, I think Welsh defense would struggle to contain Australia, restrict them from scoring tries.
1: Yeah, I find it a very hard group to call. I mean, I, I think we learn an awful lot yep.
3: on Saturday when we watch Australia versus Fiji. Score us play, players to watch them. Uh, players to watch in uh, in the, that group is uh, Corabetti. Yep. I think he was. Uh, he's been dynamite this year.
1: Um, I think Rodrada in the centre for Fiji he is uh, the lines he takes the power he runs at the pace he runs at um, God there's some good there's some good centers (laughs) in this group aren't there yeah but he is just uh, one of my
0: favourite players at the moment and then the predictions for the pools
3: Australia to win the pool and Wales to scrape through by the skin of their teeth
0: I really thought you were going to say Fiji then the way you've been speaking I'm not
3: discounting now not just going, uh, but I, I I I suspect Simon's going to go for Fiji because he's so upbeat about them and so and you know and about the dangers they pose. So I'm expecting Simon not no, to say Fiji. I'm actually going to be. On, I'm actually
1: going to. I'm actually going to go for Wales to win the group because for everything we've said, yeah. for everything we've said, I do think psychologically it's important that Wales ended that long, long losing run to Australia last autumn. Yep. I think I've seen. Uh, well, we've we've seen about a dozen times where Wales. I've played Australia over the last decade and lost by two, three, four points. I was, I was yesterday I was out in Melbourne where Wales were winning and the Hooters sounded. You know that, <laughs> yeah. that's so close. We've got at various stages. I think psychologically the fact that they beat them last November mm-hmm. will be important. And I think come the World Cup, Wales will go in with absolute intensity. Um, they will go with physicality. They will take Australia on. They will look to retain possession. I think they can beat Australia. Yeah, and I. I I think it's important that we remember the background to this World Cup. The initial background, the immediate background, is the warm-up games. But Gatlin's had a plan in place for a long, long time. And his sole concern has been arriving at this tournament with a, a depth of squad, a fitness level, and a game plan that can achieve the job. And generally, over his career with Wales and elsewhere, he's achieved He's hit that. the marks. He's the hit right the time. marks.
3: The depth has been hit though, hasn't it? By the loss of landscape. Second row is
1: a concern, Andy.
3: The loss of Faletel, and now second row. they yeah, potentially row one injury away from oblivion at second row. Oh, Can you... Re- <laughs> they are. Oh, oblivion. They are, because if anything happened to Alan Wynne Jones now, it'd be meltdown. Jake Ball, great player as he is, and the effort he puts in, but he is injury prone. He's been ravaged by injuries. So when, every time Jake goes on the ball, you fear, is he going to last... So, and Adam Beer, seriously now, is he, would he be really fit to play in like a week's time after appendicitis where, where the wound could rupture again? I'm not a medical expert. And, yeah, we're not doctors. And Corey, you know, Corey Hill, mind you, I must say, you should be throwing the ball into the Wales lineup. I haven't seen that for all he did to yep. Ben on a very good you can watch at Wales Online. But um, uh, Corey Hill, how, how close has he been ready to play? I, I think with those two. It, there's two things. Aren't there? assess, there's there's, assess there's, there's the assessment the of
1: your physical well-being to play in terms of an injuries, particularly within, after surgery. We don't know exactly what's keyhole or how they do it. These days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, what Adam Beard does have under his belt is a full summer with wells. Obviously, Corey was a timeout of that. So if, if, if he's if he's physically okay in terms of the surgery recovery, then fitness won't be an issue with him. So I can see a situation where maybe Adam Beard comes on that, that, that bench. I think it... It's, it would be hard to ask Corey Hill to go into one of the biggest games Wales have had in four years on the back yeah. of not having played since February. Although, you know, I've talked to various people and they say the one thing about Corey is he's completely unflappable. Nothing phases him, and if he's asked to do a job, he'll go in there and then blast it for sixty minutes. And he has been very, come very part as a as, one of the, as a leadership figure within that Welsh setup. So, yeah, I I think you have to keep your fingers crossed, yeah. And he's absolutely right to say that. Where potentially injuries could have a big impact on us. But yeah. I did, at the caveat of all this, I did say if we can stay fit in terms of our key, key men, then we've got a real chance of Get winning chance. this group. And uh, let's remember that we did beat Australia last November and we have had a winning record over an 18 month period when it's been full on Test rugby. So, uh, Let's hope. So I'll go for Wales to win it and Australia to come second.
3: What about you, Ben?
1: Wales to win it, Australia to come
0: second.
3: See, you're the negative one. Negative one. one, of, negative one. Yeah. I'm the realist. Oh. One of our, I know one
0: of, our, <laughs> one of our colleagues said, you know, oh, they only beat Australia 9-6 last. Uh, that does not matter one iota. I'm not, I know Wales's attack is a bit of a concern, but I don't think you can read too much into the warm-ups. I think they held a lot back. They they went very basic with what they did. They went one up runners. Uh, uh, they played basic which yeah, does, rugby which, anyway. Yeah, but they they, they okay. They played basic rugby in the Six Nations, but they play they play with some variety and they play with efficiency. That they didn't do that in the warm up. So I, you, you know you can't you can't compare those two things. They'll they'll bring back pick and goes in this pool stage. I'm absolutely certain of it.
3: Uh, your pick and goes are easier to countermine if you're expecting them. Wait, Gatman didn't he? Gatlin totally outthought Eddie Jones in the Six Nations by attacking inside England's wider defence if you like with the pick and goals England wouldn't be paid for it they did not change their tactics during the game the way to stop by during the game you see what's happening and you commit more men to the bridge. so
0: then they went to Scotland the week after and they went through 25 places, phases on a number of occasions again Gatlin out thought them the week after they identified a tactical deficiency in Ireland's defence struck on the first attacking move of the game and then just saw it out I, I think, think they, they, tactically they can, out, yeah. they can outthink teams and they have the efficiency in the backline at times to do and, it.
1: And I'll tell you where I think Wales will also look to attack this um, World Cup is the area of the game which it was most efficient in the summer was the line-out. Yep. Got a lot of targets there. Wainwright's come in and offered a new option. Tiprick and win ball. Um, Moriarty's won ball. Alan jones Corey Hill, Alan Beard... There's a lot of options there in terms, of, and Shingler if he's involved as well, we know what he can, he can offer in terms of a line of, um, ability. I think you'll see Wales look into a, attack on, on driving and rolling balls, get into strong positions, test out uh, test out Australia there when they play them, um, and I think they will use that as a good starting point in yep. the attack. But then the one it. concern I do have, we haven't really touched on it, is the scrum. It, yeah, it, it, I mean, you can say about with the warm-up games, you keep th- certain things back and you don't show your attacking hand. Well, the scrum is the scrum. You, you, you don't set out to go backwards in the scrum, whatever <laughs> so, game you're playing. That wasn't part of the plan, right? <laughs> now, for the first three games, Wales were very fragile in the scrum. It was fundamental to the defeats at Twickenham and the home defeat to Ireland. The one encouragement I do take is, come the last match against um, Ireland, Ireland, um, there was a more of a solidity there, certainly yeah. for 55 minutes. And I do think Wynne-Jones played a part in that, which is why I asked the question about who will start at said, mm. because I think Wynne is probably our strongest scr- strongest natural scrimmaging, Said so, yeah. you know. Um, and that's a big call for me. But then if you take uh, Nicky Smith out of the equation, um, then you lose one of your best players over the ball and Wales will want to be a competing of, uh, contesting at the breakdown. So that's a big, big selection for me. But if we can get our scrum right... I think we can win the group. So, let's see. Over to Mr. Robin McBride to sort that out.
0: There we go. Nice, positive way to finish this podcast. Um, Obviously, the World Cup starts on Friday. We'll have all the latest news ahead of that on Wales Online. Plus, we do have our new daily Facebook broadcaster show, The Gain Line. Make sure you tune into that. And also, for those uh, old-school readers... Andy's,
1: else. Andy is currently flourishing. <laughs>
0: Andy's holding <furnishing>. it up, <laughs> which is it's, it's sort of wasted on a podcast. But he's uh, for, those of you, for those of you listening, that's Andy Howell uh, holding up the uh, supplement in today's Western Mail. It's also in the Echo and the he Evening Post.
3: post Sixteen-page supplement, all on a World Cup. Available Got wall from chart all, in All good news. Think follow it. Everybody needs it. a wall chart to follow these fixtures. So there you go. I think that's a good find myself.
0: Facebook Live supplement podcast hey, that's what you need My nice special ring go in there you've got it all all on Wales Online okay.